This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell, and today's episode is Reviewing the Code of the Extraordinary Mind. So some of you consistent listeners may know I read one book a week minimum. I have this bookshelf in my office at home that is 8 or 12 feet wide, two, two to- stories, two pieces of wood tall, that's lined from side to side and too deep with books. Because I go on these book-buying sprees on Amazon. Not just one or two at a time, but 15, 20, 30 at a time. You know, whatever seems to happen is I'll be reading a book and the book will reference another book. And so I buy all the books associated with that book. And that's ultimately what I'm doing with these episodes is I want to empower you guys, the listeners, to understand how my mind keeps changing and evolving based off the content that I'm consuming. And in the past week, admittedly as I record this episode, I read this book three weeks ago. It's The Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Likhani. And if I'm butchering that, it's sincerely my apology. Vishen owns a company called Mind Valley. And the book is this really impactful trip down a path that allows you to start to rewire the things that make your mind work. See, Vishen was a man that went to college, got the degree, jumped into the tech bubble when it happened, was working for Google, and was fucking miserable. So he quit. And eventually went down the path of starting this startup company called Mind Valley. And what Mind Valley did was allow the average individual to learn how to meditate and expand their mind. And he was so happy to be able to just start to afford lunch every day with the revenue from Mind Valley. Now, over the years, Mind Valley has grown into at least an eight-figure business. I believe it's actually nine. I believe it's north of $100 million in revenue. And Vishen has some of the most incredible events all across the globe. And so what happens is he decided to write this book that gives you the Cliff Notes version on how all these things were achieved. Super easy read. Now, I've found that these books that are 150 to 250 pages long, that when they're written very well, it's very simple to read 30 to 40 pages at a time. Doesn't consume a lot of time, has some really practical application pieces in it. And that's what this book is. I mean, in the Code of the Extraordinary Mind, so normally when I'm sitting in the, in the studio, I have the book with me. I came ill-prepared for the fact of knowing that I needed to do a book review. So I'm actually looking at my phone as I'm recording this episode. So the book's broken down into four different parts. Very clean, concise parts. The first one is living in a culture scape. So a culture scape ends up being essentially the cumulative rules and beliefs that we develop over the course of our lives. For instance, with me, my culture scape was work really hard, find a good job, work 40 hours a week, do that for 30, 40 years at a time, work your way up from the entry-level position into you know, a high-level C-suite position, CEO, CFO, whatever it would be. Eventually, you'll retire with a good pension, good savings, and you'll be free for the last little bit of your life. Like That's the culture scape that was beat into me as a child, both figuratively and literally. So the first part of this is to transcend that culture scape. And what it means to transcend it is to understand that it exists, to, to know that that's a story that was created, and then be able to do something about it. Like think that in your life right now. Like where are all these social confines, I end up calling them, that have limited your beliefs in your own ability? You know, is it the fact that you grew up in a predominantly Jewish household? And so by the nature of that, you should only date or marry a Jewish woman. 
when you can't help it but be attracted to every other religion possible. That to me is a social confine or a culture escape. Now, it gets a little deeper than that as the book continues on. We get into something called brules. And I've made mention of this in past episodes where bulls are bullshit rules. The things that you were told that need to be broken, something that needs to be shelled, something that needs to be just completely eliminated. So there's five main sources of rules in life, religion, hard work, different things along that path that are essentially the fact that these are the limiting factors of your growth. It's a bullshit rule. It's something you can challenge. Again, we'll say the religious thing, that Hinduism is the only religion that could possibly be true because I was born in a, in a Hindi house. Well, sure, but until you challenge that and challenge that bullshit rule, maybe you don't know the fact that you seem to connect more with the Jewish culture. Like you, You've lived under this bullshit rule for a long, long time. Once you start to put those pieces together, you can start to be more of an engineer with your own mind. You think about the fact of, in the book keeps referencing over and over again, all of us use computers and technology consistently every day. How often is Apple coming up with an update that you have to download for your phone and then every app associated with that? But when's the last time you started to download a new belief or new habit into your life? Like we're still pre-coded to run off the operating system of our lives from prehistoric times when it was flight, fight or flight. When it was that lizard brain that was controlling our decisions. But your software needs updated. You can replace both your beliefs and your habits or at least tweak them to make them more beneficial for today's life. Like these are choices you have. And he goes into great depth and detail on how to make this applicable. Like the, the best part about this book is there's no hypothetical rhetoric. This is all practically applied to not only his life, but then he explains how you can apply it to yours. Like where you can start to rewrite the models of your own reality. So you have to eventually, just as I've done with Wake Up Warrior, start to replace the disempowering beliefs of your life with more empowering ones. Like it gets interesting, like in my life, what had happened was I just believed forever I wasn't enough. I wasn't going to be good enough. That no one would care about the podcast, that when I write a book, no one will buy it, that my business will never be successful enough because I've been told as a child that no matter what I was doing, it was never enough. So that becomes a reality or the frame that I hold as I walk around. But once you understand that that exists, you have the ability to change it. Like once I, I look at living in your city as the idealistic thing. If I've never left Columbus, then I don't know that there's something better. But if I'm blindfolded, put on a plane, and I'm flown to Venice Beach, California, and I feel better in Venice Beach, California, I'm now exposed to a new alternative. And that alternative can guide my new direction. And so you start to become conscious that there are other opportunities that allows you to upgrade your system for living. Now that's, it, as Vishen makes mention in this book, that's essentially growing and innovating new habits and practices every day. For me, it's been the core four. It's been the body being balanced in business through the warrior movement. It's been the green smoothie and the meditation and the sweating every morning and the notes of appreciation of Gianna and Lindsay and the reading a book like I'm doing now and then journaling that book and sharing it with the world through social media. That has been my 
habit. That has been my practice. That has been the thing that has put me in power the same way that Vishen saying has changed his life. And by doing that, you start to transform, transform your inner world. You start to be able to bend reality, if you will. Where in the warrior world, we call it the warrior time warp. I know that when I set up my week the right way, I get more done in a morning than most people do in a week. And I get more done in a week than most people get done in a month. And that's by design. But that's because I've accepted that to be my new reality. And as that becomes the normal to me, I have to then shift once more and find another new reality. So when I look at the fact of, in the book, how Vishen starts going into how he bends reality and the people that are the right ones for you and the people that are wrong ones for you, where you have to intuitively start to figure out the energy that people emit. Like, are these people that you should allow in your circle? It doesn't matter if you're in a business and one of your best employees who's crushing it, who's making you a shitload of money, if he energetically does not line up with you, he's going to suck the life out of you long term and you're going to need to get rid of him. Which eventually then carries over in the book into Blissipin, where Blissipin is more of the daily practice of being in bliss or being happy. Essentially, happiness for me is gratitude. You know, I start every morning out by journaling things that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for myself and things I love about myself, things that put me in power personally. Because these things matter. Like, they matter a lot to me. You know, it, it's really interesting to know how long in my life that I hadn't been grateful for really anything. It's, it's unbelievable. And once you start to find that gratitude every day, you're able to start to create this much more clear vision for your future. Because if you're happy in the moment, you can imagine what it will take to be even more happy in the future by doing things that fulfill you in a greater, greater depth. So you have to have this forward momentum. And these are all things that jump into the book and in and out and in and out throughout every chapter of the book. To me, one of the best chapters in the book is law number nine, which is be unfuckwithable. Now, this is something that went viral on the internet when this book first came out and kind of has drifted away since. But when you're unfuckwithable, you're so in touch and at peace with yourself, you're no longer bothered at all by someone else and what they have to say or what they think about you. You're not afraid to to dream or to take bold actions. You're not afraid to run through that brick wall that's holding you back because none of the other shit matters. Like, nobody can fuck with you. Your family, your, your siblings, the people at your office, like the people you associate with, they no longer matter. The only thing that matters is you because at the end of the day, if you're not fulfilled, then they can't fucking be fulfilled by you anyways. Which eventually when you start to become unfuckwithable, you realize that there's a bigger quest for life. Like for me, I don't give a shit about really what anybody thinks about me at this point in life. Sure, at some capacity, we all care. I mean, let's not be facetious or or silly with this. I don't love when I see negative comments about the podcast. I don't love the negative feedback on social media. It doesn't fucking slow me down. It doesn't cripple me, but I don't love it. But I only understand the fact that I'm on a quest for something that's much bigger than a few people that don't like me. I'm on a quest, I'm on a journey right now to impact and change a million people's lives with the things that I've learned and my words that come out on this microphone. I'm going to change a million people's outlook. That is supposed to sound fucking scary. I am challenging you that right now as you're saying like, boy, that's a lofty goal. This fucking guy can't do it. Then I'm going to prove you wrong. 
because I know it. It's what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I'm going on this quest right now and I've been doing it consistently. Here's I sit in the studio, we're recording episode 71. We've got 74, 75 episodes in the tank and we've just released episode 55. This won't stop. Most people that I talk to about this podcast say, well, how are you going to keep up an episode a day? That's a major commitment. You're fucking right it is. It's supposed to be. Like what in life worth having doesn't take a major commitment on a daily basis? A good marriage, a good body, a good business, good friendships. I don't know any of those that you can just fucking mail in and figure it out. And so what happens is the book is you take this book in as as a whole. I've actually read it twice now. Um, Second time was as I flew back out to California um, for an event or wedding or, or something along those lines. But there's so many insightful little practical application pieces of this book that's one of those that I think you could consistently read once a month for the rest of your life and find something new in. And what Vishen does that's different than most other entrepreneurs have done in their books is he ties it to a digital platform where when you buy the book, he eventually gets you into his website and his website has a bunch of content and free videos and free resources and he offers you a bunch of things to expand what's in the book as a whole. Now, I know from a marketing standpoint, he's created a great culture. He's brought us in as raving fans because he knows we're at least interested in his book. We've read his book. We're now on the digital side of things. And now I get an email from him at least once every two days. Some of them are offering me great content and some are asking me to buy something. I don't mind him at all because I can know that he put his blood, sweat, and tears into this book that has impacted my life on the way that I view my daily habits. Even if it hasn't shifted what I'm doing on a day-over-day basis, it gives additional clarification to the fact that I'm on the right path. Because I challenge you to start questioning the false idols that you follow. You know, it's very easy for me because I feel good with the wake-up warrior movement. I feel good with the core four and the stack and living by the code and all the things I've shared before. Because I feel good about these things that I just keep following it. But what if it's a false idol? What if Garrett isn't the person I think he is? or have known him to become? What if there's a better operating system above and beyond the one I've currently downloaded? It's my responsibility to myself and to my family to go out and find it. And so currently this book, all it did was reinforce the fact that I'm on the right path with what I currently have, but every week I read something new to challenge that. And so I would heavily suggest to you guys picking up this book, whether it's the audio version that's a super simple six-hour listen or the actual hardback paper, hardback copy that I have, it's absolutely worth picking up and reading. There's so many practical pieces that will change the way that you can go through your life from the senses of gratitude to challenging your limiting beliefs to looking at the things that have been rules and the, the shit you shouldn't listen to. The Code of the Extraordinary Mind is a phenomenal piece of literature. Highly recommend it. So if you take this book and you read it and you apply the principles that are in the book, I'll guarantee you that every day you're going to be able to get shit done. Hey guys, Ryan here. Thanks for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume audio and subscribe to 15 Minutes to Freedom. If this brought you value, please do me a favor and drop me a five-star rating. Then share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. For additional content, head over to ryannidell.com. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com.